You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. How are you doing, people? Hi, guys. Hi. Um. So this evening, we're really talking about love, relationships, life. So I wanted to be cheeky, but I won't be cheeky. I'm going to behave myself. PI always says, focus, focus. So I'm going to focus. Um, why is the front row empty? Could I have some kind people to please fill the front row up? Some bold people? Thank you. Fikemi, could you please come forward? Thank you. Hi, guys. Please, could you move forward? Thank you. God bless you. So I want to ask you a very quick question, and I would like you to indulge me with a response. And if, you don't, if I don't get volunteers, I'll pick on anybody that I like. And that's the whole point of my asking you guys to move forward. Yeah. So when you look at the opposite sex, and let's just pretend like I don't know, and honestly speaking, I really don't know what everyone is looking for now. Oh, may I please ask you guys to please sit here? Thank you. Please clap for the newly engaged. Thank you. You're going to be my guinea pigs. Anybody here, husband and wife? The Ladigas, please could you move this way? Touch you. My eyes will catch other people soon. And they came with their baby. Oh. Clap, clap. So when you look at the opposite sex, what, what makes your heart skip? Volunteer now. What makes your heart skip? Eyes. That's deep. <laughs> Eyes. Okay. Dressing. Thank you. Your daddy's like, what? How do you know that? Even me, I'm asking you. Yeah. So dressing. Eyes. What else? Okay. I think it's enough from you. <laughs> so smell. Really. Anybody else? Intelligence. The way the person speaks. What else? Expertise. Oh, uh, sorry? Oh, really? A goatee? Oh, like a fool. Oh, wow. I'll try and look for someone. Yeah. It's not even funny. <laughs> so what did you see? 
Okay, so what did you say? Looking at him to answer. I think he was intelligent. Wow, what did you see? Well, um, before I met her, it was all about the other things that did not matter. But a uh, few seconds before I met her, I knew what I wanted in a wife was all about content. Didn't matter the shape, the size, didn't matter the hair or the intelligence. Once the content is right, every other thing will fall into place. Thank you. How many years have you been married? Two years. Is the content still there? All right, thank you. Okay. So some people have said it is, I know because you're in church, you don't want to say some things. I will help you. Tall, I said I don't want to hear anything. Tall, dark, handsome. Can, we can say that in church. Yeah. But can your church mind say Jeep? <laughs> can your church mind allow you to say it? Eh. Eh. Your church mind, it allowed you. So you said, Aka is even small. Shebeka is just one thing. So if all he has is just Kanko, no. It's better to say that his net worth, you know, maybe he has. Like... Please go and sit at the back. <laughs> okay. What else can your church mind not allow you say? Sorry? Eh? Prayer warrior. Body ke. Eh? I said I don't. You want to say? It came from. Talk to me, guys. Yellow. No, no, not for the ladies. For the. For the... I would ignore. Yellow, long legs. I'm talking, I know they won't talk, I'm helping them. Yellow, long legs, what a, sorry? How well she can do what? Blood of Jesus. How well she can do what? I don't understand. Oh, how well she can carry herself. Ah, I, was, I, was, I was going to be having a heart attack. Thank you very much for explaining. Yeah. And so, how well she can carry herself. Oh, praise the Lord. What else? I'm sorry? Brown skin. Oh, God. Really? What else? The complexion, I guess. A light-skinned person. Flawless. Oh, she must be light-skinned. Ah, okay. No, you don't want brown. You want full-blown. Not in between. South Sudanese. Explain some more. Okay, um, I know some South Sudanese, and they are really dark, So, and I like that kind of dark. Okay. Then or light-skinned, so... Okay, okay. So you want the melanin to be present. Right. What else do we look for? 
Nationality? Really? Eh? Ethnicity? Perhaps? Tribe? All right. But do we really look for net worth? I want us to be honest. No, guys, 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 you're not in this conversation. Ladies, do you really look for net worth? Kind of. So can you please be a little more explicit? Like I'm loud enough. Above average. Above average comfortable. Ah. Sure. Auntie. To wealth. Right. Okay. Anything else, guys? I ask these questions because, you know, in this season or in this era of social media, we have so many expectations, you know, and a lot of them we are not actually able to vocalize. So when people ask us, you know, we would say things like, um, I want him to be, I want him to love, he must be born again. But you know that deep down inside, you know, that criteria does not kind of rank as high as the guy must just be like dapper, you know, six pack, you know, broad shoulders, tall, am I getting it? It's fun again, it's first. Even though you want net worth. Ah, what my Lego? Right. But, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, I want to say something that, okay, you've said born again, but then there are so many born again brothers. Why are you not giving them face? <laughs> Diplomatic answer. We claim that being born again is what ranks the highest. And then we begin to say things about family background, and we then we begin to say things like potential, whatever that means, and that's something else that we want to debunk this night. You know, we want to talk about potential, all right? But deep down inside, we have this secret that certain things that just tick our boxes that we almost cannot speak of. And tonight, I want us, I want us to give those things a voice, right? Because everything that is shrouded in secrecy, some, somehow, it actually begins to take center stage. Am I correct? So as we carry on conversing, I just want you to think about that one thing that kind of makes you feel tingly all over. So I was saying to my daughter, the naughty girl that's been, you know, speaking. I was saying to my daughter, I think it was sometime the three, four days ago, and we're having like a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And one of the things that I said to her was, um, I'm just going to back this side of the wall. One of the things that I was saying was that um, when I did meet her father, I really, really was first intrigued by the conversation that we had. And this was me not knowing that the conversation was ever going to lead anywhere. But it was such a wholesome conversation. And may I confess that this conversation started at around maybe 6.30 in the evening and it didn't end till like past midnight. Yeah, we talked that much. And we talked about from school, we talked about work, we talked about family, we talked about faith, we talked about anything possible. And so my daughter asked me that, did he, was he, what, did, weren't you attracted to him? And the first thing that I said was, 
can I be honest, do you go? And she said, yes, mom. I said, I didn't see him as being attractive. I didn't see him as being, but then I followed it very quickly by saying, but so many times now, I look, if he's driving, I look to my left. And even when we lie on the bed, I look to my left and I can't believe this is who I married. Are you there, people? Yeah. 19 years down the line, 19 years after saying I do, I often look at this guy and he knows it even when he's sleeping. And I'm like, Lord, am I this lucky? Am I this blessed? Ask him if he does that when I'm sleeping. <laughs> but my point is this. But my point is this, and it's very, very simple. Very often, because of all the things that we're looking for and all those things that we are hoping to find in that one person, we forget that We forget that people evolve, yeah. Seasons come and seasons go. And my fear for this generation is that we will make a lifelong decision based on a very fleeting encounter. And so, where there's nothing wrong with looking for that tall, dark, and handsome, the question that I ask is, will tall, dark, and handsome manage the conflict in the home appropriately? Will he step up to leadership? Will he, can he, does he look like the sort of person that can help you actualize your dream? Is he the sort of person, does he have the posture of the person that would be respectful to your parents and your family? Can he instill those values that when you are 30, 40, 50, 60? And so I... to use some examples and permit me and I want to use let's use R. Kelly yeah he's tall right he's handsome right and he's the net worth is there by then now if you met him 12 years ago he clicked he fit it, right? Oh, okay. You got me there. But my point is, with everything that has happened now, and I'm able to use R. Kelly as our example because I really need to use a real life example. 
with everything that has happened now, would you say, assuming that he claimed to be born again, will you say that you got a catch? Talk to me, people. Will any woman say that she got a catch? No. The misery of marriage. Sam, what always happens? This slide. Thank you. The misery of marriage is having had the tiny waisted girl and the voluptuous hips and the long legs and the Sudanese black. But then she falls short in content. As Mr. Ladiga has said, what happens to your life? It's funny and it's easy for us to talk about those things that are inconsequential. Because I want to ask you something. Have you ever seen somebody who when you first met was drop dead gorgeous? Have you? You have? Yeah. And then few months down the line, you are looking for the gorgeous. Has it ever happened to you? Yeah, because there are times when I ask myself, is it familiarity that's making me not see the beauty anymore? And all I see is maybe a vile character or an ugly personality, correct? Yeah. And then, have you seen someone who, you know, as the world will put it, borderline average in terms of looks? And then, every passing day, the person just begins to appreciate before you. And then all of a sudden, you notice that the person has a beautiful smile. Do you understand? And almost like you're the only one who can see this. Correct? Yeah. Who is this person? Praise God. One last thing that I want you to think about. Are some people whose personalities are so much bigger than the way they look physically. Have you come across such a person? Yeah. That you almost don't see them anymore. And so when we talk about sight, I think this is where I want to hinge my message on. What we see when we look at the opposite sex what do you see when you look at the opposite sex? I was listening to a TGX message and he was talking, he often talks about when he went to South Africa, the safari. And um, he talks about the lions and he talks about, you know, and, um, and if you haven't read it, please go read the book Instinct. And one of the times I was listening to the message, you know, I realized that, you know, and he actually did say it, that the elephant can survive in that jungle because of its size. And the cheetah can survive in that jungle because of its speed. And the giraffe can survive in that jungle because it's so tall, it can see whatever is coming, and it doesn't have to hustle to eat. You know, it feeds from the top. And the mouse can survive in the same jungle because of its size. 
Correct? Yeah. So, you know, the, the places where the lion can enter, the, the mouse can scamper into, right? What do we have as human beings? What do you have? Uh -uh. Wrong. You have that, but what do you have? What do you have, guys? Married couple, please, could you come forward? Thank you. Clap for them, please. What do you have, guys, very quickly? You have a brain. You forgot. <laughs> you have a brain. And very often, if you really, really think about it, why are you guys staring at them? Okay, they're both wearing white. Oh, wow. Oh. No, me and my husband, we're wearing blue. Oh. All right. And so, we have a brain, and that's actually what differentiates us from every other animal. Am I correct? Yeah. In this love web, in this relationship with the dynamics of relationships, are we using what we have? Are we using what we have? Not all the time. Are we using what we have? We need to answer this question, actually. Are we using what we have? And what we have is our ability to understand things, to understand the reason why God has created us in pairs, right? to understand the reason for our existence, to understand the reason why we have all these emotions and feelings and all these endearments that are coming out of us. I'm not going to lose you, don't worry. I just, you know, try and make it make sense. And the reason why he's given us a brain to understand is so that for one, because we are so high-level, semi-complicated. Yeah. What our brain is meant to do is to understand where we are coming from. Are you there? Yeah. And so I want to call that hindsight. So you understand your family dynamics. You understand yourself, right? And as a result, you are able to think and understand what it is that you require. Am I making sense? Then, because of this thing, we have something called foresight. So irrespective of where you're coming from and what it is that you have been through, what foresight does is that you are able to visualize what you desire for the future. That having understood that, you know, maybe I came from a one-parent family, or I lost, I, I, I'm an orphan, I lost both my parents. You have that 
It is not for us to forget it because we need it. We need to be armed with it to make appropriate choices. Then we have foresight. Then most importantly is insight. A person who has these three can hardly make a mistake when choosing or when living with a life partner. What hindsight does is making you cognizant of the things that conditioned you to be how you are. And in understanding this, it is clear the sort of person that you need to be teamed with. Are you there? Yeah. So once again, in conversing with my daughter, I was saying to her, I said, and I think it was one more lady in um, LifePoint I was saying to her, I said, you know, to live with a man is very different to living with a woman. And so... I used an analogy with my daughter. I said, when your dad comes home and I say, what would you like to eat? You know, my husband particularly would say, mm, I'm not really hungry anyway. And more often than not, my daughters initially would say, daddy said he's not hungry. Yeah. Daddy, daddy said he's not hungry. And then I'd get up and I'm like, Dipo, what would you like to eat? And he's like, nothing really. And I'm like, okay, but we have so, 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 so. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. But if she goes out, having never lived with her dad, right? And she meets a fine gentleman, and this is just an example. He'd say she doesn't care. Are you there? Yeah. She's going to say, ah, what kind of uncaring person is this? I said, I don't want to eat. Hey, yeah, let's play Ludo. Do you see where I'm going, guys? Yeah. Haven't understood where it is that you're coming from. It is a no-brainer. That thing that differentiates us from every other mammal. It's a no-brainer that there are certain persons we ought to run away from. There are certain people that we should naturally be attracted towards. Are you there, people? Yeah. Foresight. And any single person who does not have the vision of how they want their marriage to be like has fundamentally set themselves up for disaster. What do you want to see? Because when you begin to think about what it is that you want to see, it often transcends beyond how the person looks. When you think far enough into your future and you think deeply enough into your family dynamics and how it is you get down from your car in that future, in that home, and you drop your work bag and you get upstairs and your children are milling around you. What is the atmosphere that you want to feel as a gentleman? Is it warmth? 
Because you know what? At that time, those bomb shots and that crop top is going to be inconsequential. Okay. Me, Femi. He said, I should, we should, I should help you tell them. You to take your eye away. Right. What you need for that future is not what you think you need now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying being physically attracted to someone is bad. What I actually am saying is that it shouldn't take precedence over the very important things. I needed to call on Mosu. Come here, John. And permit me to use her this evening. Is she hot? Why is it only the girls that spoke? <laughs> Behaving as if you did not see her. Is she hot? <laughs> so she's hot, right? Good. Sorry? You can't see her. We're going on stage. Praise God. So Amosun is hot. She's born again. Yeah? No, no, come back. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me be honest with you. I had to call a few people. I said, I want you to please tell me. One of the hottest people in church. And when the name came up one, two, three times, I said, okay, I have to bring her up stage. So can you clap for her? <laughs> but then, come. Uh, are you Russian? Yes, shy. Okay. So Mosun is... Hot. She's in a hot package. Please sit down. But I need you to be mindful. Because sooner than later, sometimes the hot package can disintegrate. Are you there, people? She's mature enough to understand where it is that I'm going. And when the hot package disintegrates, I ask you, what are you left with? When the hot package doesn't come fired up by a spirit that can pray you out of depression, out of the loss of a job, when that hot package doesn't have the kind of words to speak, to get you out of bed, to go retype your CV. Because that hot package can sooner than later begin to curse you out for being a loser. Are you there, people? And trust me, it doesn't take very much. And for the guys, Nifemi, Come. 
Come up stage. Ah. Sam, follow him. <laughs> up stage. Clap, clap, clap. So we have two great guys. Tall, one slightly eccentric looking, the other cool, calm, collected. Sings in the choir, knows how to rub up for God. Yeah, we've got our talented photographer, cum architect. Yeah, videographer in the making. <laughs> and then we end up falling for the shell. Yeah. We fall for the shell of a nice perfume. A perfume that doesn't stay on until it's worn. Yeah. It only takes putting on the generator a few times. And the real effervescence will come through. And so we trade more days without the whiff of that perfume. Yeah. Because trust me, the perfume lasts. For the time we don't live together. Are you there? And then when we live together, we wear it when we're going out. Correct? That's it. If inside of these gentlemen isn't the stamina that can help you after you've put to birth. Are you there? I'm talking because I've been there. That can help you say, I love you even as you look. Because there's so many days where your emotions will get the better of you, woman. Will you be out with the boys? Or would you be valuable enough to be spent, for him to spend time with? Finding out what your dreams are and all the things that he can do to help you actualize those dreams. Because the same friends who hailed you, hey, Range Rover, come on. Yeah. They're not going to be there. And what I even find, it is hard when you have painted a perception of someone. Yeah. To go back to say, well, he's not all of that. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Hold on. Why are you quiet, people? Are you okay? So I want to talk about openness and honesty. And even for the married couples that are present today, openness and honesty. I want to talk about respect and sensitivity. 
I want to talk about empathy and being physically affectionate. I want to talk about shared values. I want to talk about having a purpose. And the purpose part is targeted at you having insight. Once again, in conversing with my daughter, I try to explain to her how I am choleric, easily angered. I am choleric, impatient. And I've said it here before, I used to not like myself because everybody else seemed to be cool, calm, collected. And I was the only mad hatter. And so my daughter asked me, she said, what if you married a choleric? And so I said to her, somebody would have died. Yeah. If not me, maybe them or both of us. That's it. Are you teamed with the right person? Haven't known you and how God made you and where it is he has purposed for you to go. Are you equipping yourself with the right person? Because where it is that I am screaming around the house, my dick boy is like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Why do you guys always hear everything wrong? <laughs> as a statement of fact, as in fact. Yeah. Where everyone is ducking because they heard the gate open. People are coming out of their closets because the gate opened for him. Is it mommy? Is it daddy? You know, the reaction is different. Yeah. Are you there, people? Who? Knowing where it is you want to go and everything God has embodied on the inside of you, who is the one that God has designed to help you get there faster and quicker? I was sharing with someone, I said, when if, if a mind is tumultuous, all right, there are issues, you're emotionally down, how are you going to achieve all that God has set out for you to? When you're caught in the web of um, um, deceit and cheating and lies, how are you going to get there? Are you there, people? Who is the best running mate for you? And it is not until the vehicle arrives. Because when we want to buy a car, for instance, we don't go online saying, I have $2,000. This is my budget. Car, come forth. Is that how it works? You know the specifications of the vehicle that you want to see yourself ride before it appears. And we're easily swayed by the things that we see visually, right? Because we don't have a speck. And this is where I'm going to land tonight. And I'm hoping that my darling pastor would give us a second chance because time is far spent. What specification are you looking for that when it arrives, you know that is the car. Haven't considered where it is you're coming from. 
knowing, arming yourself with where it is you want to go, understanding God's vision and purpose for your life, tell me who is the person best suited for you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. When the eyes of your understanding become enlightened, you don't see what regular people see. You see far and beyond what the average person is seeing. So when, they, when guys have their cat calls because a, 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 a chick is passing, right? You have restraint because you are not all about the fluff. Yeah. Your cat call is when she says something profound. Your cat call is when you're done with a conversation with her and a business idea has come forth. Your cat call can't be what is on the outside. And for us ladies, when we have butterflies in our bellies, It takes just a little pounded yam. Brother. Just a little pounded yam. And you just realize that the six pack is a one pack. That's it. And so the question that I then ask you, would you have those butterflies when you see your one pack? You? When you drop the phone after the guy has spoken with you, how do you feel? Has it said everything about your eyes and your, what did you call it, brown sugar, what, brown skin? Is that all he said? I think that tells you how his brain works. Yeah. Did he talk about your work and that challenge with your boss? Did he could he prefer a solution? Yeah. Because I recall all the days in Unilag when I'd move, go from Kotonu to Lome. I had one guy that was urging me on, that was saying, this child, it's not her, okay. I had this guy that was saying, you can open another store. And so where it was that I was looking for my stock, he was organizing the opening. Are you there? When you're looking in one direction, are you armed with someone who is looking in the other direction? Yeah. But guess what? Where we find most women, at the place where he didn't even show up on your birthday. You see that there are fundamental issues. You were not important enough to be remembered on Valentine's Day. And then you would still walk into those arms because they are six and broad. What kind of person are you? Because it takes one with foresight and insight and having hindsight 
to recognize a gem when you see one. At this point, I'm going to call on Dipo Lagagi to help me. Thank you very much. You're too kind. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know where to jump in now. So my wife has said almost everything. Um, but I know we want to take questions and answers. So how many minutes do we have before question and answers? It's on until 15 minutes. Okay, perfect. So um, I'm just going to read a bit of scripture and um, just to use as, as a reference point for you know, my part of the conversation this evening. Um, so Genesis um, chapter 2, verse 15. So this was after God had created everything. And I'm referencing Genesis for the guys in Mandem. They know we've been doing Genesis all kind of reviewing Genesis. So I've been doing a lot of Genesis. So, you know, um, naturally forced me. But I think it's also very important because Genesis is, the, is where God started from. And, and, the, and I read, the Lord God placed man... Um, in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. And you know, I think, you know, that's for me, it was just, that's the genesis of relationships. Um, there's something in what God designed that he saw. There was a flaw. There was something that was missing in man that he saw. And that thing, you know, is, um, you know, I've always wondered, I'm like, what was it that God saw? Because clearly the man didn't see it. He was oblivious. He was just created. As far as he was concerned, he was the only unique one. Maybe he might have seen other animals had pairs, you know, but I don't think he really, really thought about it until he really saw, until he saw Eve. But God saw that part of him that there was something missing. There was just something that wasn't you know, there's something, this man needed something to complete him. And I think that's really where relationship comes in. As human beings, we're all designed to connect to somebody. We're all built for relationship. I don't know whether there's anybody here that believes that God just built them to be alone. Just tell your neighbor that you're built for a relationship. And there's someone out there for you. But, you know, I find that the relationships in churches become very mysterious. I, I don't know why. Is it that we've created it that way or it's just, it's just an air of mystery around relationships, particularly, you know, in church? And, and like Topper was saying, you know, having hindsight, foresight and insight, very, very important. But I also think that, you know, in terms of transparency, there has to be a lot more openness and transparency when it comes to relationships. You know, because I've had conversations with people where they say, oh, don't you know that this person and that person were dating? I'm like, what? I've never even seen them talk to each other in church. But true to it, they were actually dating. I don't know whether it's, you know, it's because um, it used to happen in my um, old church I was in where um, they announced weddings. And for some weird reason, it was, it was the, the, what would happen was that the husband would come from that direction and then the wife would come from that direction. I'm like, okay. When we know that you guys have somehow been meeting, you know. But for some people, I don't know why they see church. Maybe they just feel, um, you know. And um, even from when we're dating, my wife and I have always gone. We always sit together, singles fellowship, you know. Um, shout out to Nat. Nat, too. I think he has been a bit consistent with that as well. So I, th I think, you know, we, sh we need to be a bit more open relationships. The fact that um, 
a relationship has failed in church, it doesn't mean that you are bad people. It just didn't work out, you know. But I think it's just having a bit more transparency because, you know, there's some things that people see that you don't see on the inside. But, you know, going back to the scripture I read, um, in terms of, and I think, you know, this part of conversation is how, as a man or as a woman, do you position yourself for the right person in the relationship? How do you attract the right person? And I think God gives us clues here when he says that man, God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. The word placed means God positioned man somewhere, you know. Also, this presupposes there was a relationship between man and God, which is obvious. So God decided to position the man somewhere, you know. And I think as um, whether you're a single person or you're in a relationship, I think it's very important that before you add somebody else to your current situation, first position yourself. Understand where God is leading you towards. So you say, where does God want me to be in this? Where is my garden of Eden? Where is my, um, where, where, exa- where is my domain? Where is God positioning me to? I think it's very, very important, whether you're a man or you're a woman, that you personally just take a, you know, have that relationship with God and also discover where God is putting you. You know, there's a lot of talk about discovering yourself. And like my wife said earlier on, as human beings, we evolve at different stages of our lives. But I think at the point where you are right now, you need to understand where you are and where you're going to, even if it changes randomly. But know where you have a reference point. You know, one of the things that we do when we counsel couples, when my wife and I counsel couples, we tell them, write your top 10 priorities in life or things that are most important to you, you know, both couples, you know. And in terms of um, order of importance, sorry, in terms of order of importance with um, the most important one being number one. And it's always very interesting when couples do that, when they do that as an exercise. And you can even try if you're dating, you know. So if you put location as it and your wife wants to locate number one as she's moving to US or UK or Canada, you know, we begin to see, you know, career, so it, it, it begins to give you an idea of where you guys are. It helps you um, understand each other a bit better. And we say, okay, you know, and makes, because there's some issues that we see, and, and my wife counsels a lot of people, you know, as well as I do, but, you know, she does a bit more of it. But we see problems in marriages that could have been avoided if they had more discussions about stuff. You know, don't assume. You know, a lot of times in relationships, we see a lot of assumptions where people just assume that, oh, uh, like women assume that when we get married, we're moving to Canada. And the husband is telling you that my destiny is here. This is where God has placed me. So you can see that there's, that from day one, that marriage has a problem, you know, um, with children, you know, and, and my, my wife and I did this exercise. And for me, what was number one um, after God was, was my children. So... And my wife is also particular about the children. Let me not tell you. She didn't put you at number three, but, <laughs> the, you know, in the, in the house, there's some things my wife is more, she's very focused on. That, <laughs> you know, um, so, but I don't, as long as she, she understands what my priorities are and I understand hers, it's easier for us to work together. And I think that's also having that transparency and openness in relationships is very, very important, you know. Um, so... First thing I said, positioning, very important. Finding your purpose, because God gave um, Adam a purpose here. He said, he, he told him to please to tend um, the garden. So he, he wasn't jobless. He, he had a, an assignment from God. You know, and I think 
speaking specifically to the man as a man as well, you know, more as a man, you need to identify, you need to know where you're going personally, and you need to share that vision. Um, Pastor Godman says something over the, over on the Sunday and says, God gives the man the vision, okay? Like I hear the feminists screaming silently, it's all right, I can hear your thoughts, you know, but God gives the man, one person, you can't have two people driving a car, essentially. So one person per time. Sometimes it's the man, sometimes he gives it to the woman. You know, the, the role changes, but typically there's always one person driving. And, so, and God usually starts with the man, you know, in the relationship. So the man should set the tone, you should set the vision, you should know what you want to do. Because I've seen guys get married, and to be honest, they didn't even know they were getting married, you know. <laughs> so they were, you know, I'm like, oh, we're having a conversation, work colleague, and he says, oh, by the way, I'm getting married two weeks' time. I'm like, Two weeks' time. Did you know we've been, we've been in this office for the past one year? Oh, somebody raises his Oh, is that you? I was like, oh, well, uh, my wife just told me, so <laughs> I've been fitted for the suit. I'll, I'll be there. You know, there's this fact, like I remember, Muftal. Muftal was even Christian. Got married in a church in suits, wearing white gloves. <laughs> and I went for the wedding. I said, dude, but you're not a Christian. I said, ah, that was what my wife wants. <laughs> you know? So sometimes women... You know, um, while I know that, you know, it's also important that you guys, you know, obviously want to take charge. But particularly when guys are sometimes not stepping up to the plate, you know, it's important that, you know, sometimes the guy, you sort of let the guy take the lead, you know. Because I always wonder, those kind of relationships, do they work when the woman has sort of set the dates and the guy is still, you know, I remember one wedding in particular, very good, this guy, you know, was a very close friend of mine. And at the wedding... And I'd never seen this at any wedding. At the wedding, it was like um, it was at the reception, and they had back in the days where it was really fashionable to have those receptions where they have those um, Indian movie type thing where the man would jump, run across you. Anyway, it was very dramatic reception. I could sense that the guy was unhappy, and I was like, I don't really think this marriage is going to make it, you know. And what had happened was that they had been dating since university, and um, the girl went for masters, came back, you know. But I think the, during that period, the guy had changed, but. Because they had been dating for so long, you know, they were still dating, but, you know, I think he felt he had to marry her out of obligation. That I've been around for so long as my as well, you know. And a lot of times, guys, get, and please, you're not doing yourself or the girl a favor if you get married because you've been dating for so long, essentially. You know, I don't think it's fair to both of you, you know. So that's why for guys, it's very important that if you're marrying, you're the one that takes that decision. You're the one that fixes the dates. You say, okay, this is when I want to marry. This is, you know, and you're determined. That's no reason for it to take forever, you know, because I know sometimes we can be a bit, um, you know, maybe just we're happy with the status quo, you know, where everything. But, but I think it's, 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 it's important, um, you know, that a man takes that decision and you take it early enough. You know, so you don't keep the lady anxious or waiting. If you're right, if you're sure she's the right one. But I think a lot of times that's usually the problem. Guys don't really, we're not sure whether this person is Mrs. Right or Mrs. Wrong or where. You know, I'm still thinking, you know. So that indecision, you know, I'm thinking it's it's um it's very interesting. I have this quote that I, I share that, you know, love for me is not finding the one person you can live with, it's finding that person you can't live without. This is not in the Bible, this is just a personal quote, and I think I've shared it before. But it's important that, you know, you, there's, I, I, I don't know whether that still happens, but I, I believe in gish-gish. I don't know whether gish-gish, what's, what's the modern word for gish-gish? Is there a new word for it? Huh? 
but where is it for for eh? They don't call it gish gish again. <laughs> what is it? Butterflies. Huh? Butterflies. No, for guys, we don't feel butterflies, so we have a different name for it. Sam, help me out. Do you have a name for it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Goosebumps. Is it good? No, it's just that, you know, when you know that, you know that this person is a person. And I think, you know, a lot of times, if you're not sure, you know, um, talking to God and also helping, having other people around you that are like mentors that can help, and people that know both of you, Sometimes I realize that a lot of times that helps a lot of relationships where people can tell, particularly when you have friends that are friends with both of you, they can give you um, insight into who you are or whether you guys make fits or, you know, but also just having that um, conviction, that's what I'm looking for, that yes, this is the person I was destined to be. Because Bible says that when, and this is where I call the gish gish, it says when, when Adam eventually um, woke up, he said, at last, this one is the bone of my bone, and the flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. So there was instant recognition. And I, I appreciate that it doesn't always happen like that where you meet somebody and it's you know, instant like that. But I think you know, if you're in a relationship, within six months to a year, you should be able to tell if you're ready to spend the rest of your life with this person or not. You know, I, I'm, I, I could be, I'm not basing this on any fact or any, any form or, or any, any statistics anywhere. But I believe that if you're a man, you should know. But what usually happens is that a lot of men stay in relationships because they want to keep the lady happy. And they don't, they don't want to break her heart. And you're just there being Mr. Nice Guy. But you're not really Mr. Nice Guy because you're not only wasting your time, you're wasting her time. So, you know, do us all a favor. <laughs> you know, we excuse you from being Mr. Nice Guy. Admit when you think that you are not where this you know, where you can say this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Admit that early and, and, and move on. All right. Um, I think in summary, I think that's just um, the, what I wanted to share about relationships from, uh, like Tokwai said, hindsight, foresight, insight, very, very important. And I think, like I said, having an um, open relationship, understanding and, you know, Sitting down next to each other in church might be interesting. The last thing I wanted to say was technology in relationships. I had to swing this in because I'm an IT person, so we always wonder the impact and the role of technology. And I think that has also impacted, because technology is affecting everything. So it's also affecting um, relationships to some extent. Um, in the good old days, you know, if, uh, if you wanted to date somebody, you would walk down to our house and everybody, well, maybe it was university anyway, you would make, it was more, there was conversation. Now people slide into DMs. We don't know what's going on. We can't track. It'd be nice to do like a DM audit in church one day. You just say, as people are coming into church, just hand over your phone. We're checking all your DMs. <laughs> that might be interesting to see. But um, I mean, while I love technology, I, I believe technology has definitely helped us improve. But I also think that sometimes for a lot of people, it can be a distraction, you know, um, particularly in relationships, you know. Ex-girlfriends buzzing, new boyfriend, potentially new girlfriends buzzing, everybody, you know. So I'm like, how do you track all the all the all the messages? So I think you need to have some sort of um, technology policy around relationships and finally just get a handle and saying, okay, look, you know, this is you know how I'm going to manage my relationships from a technology perspective, you know, and um, try to have more real dinner, go out, talk to people, you know, than. Text, 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 text. Because I always, sometimes I go, you know, maybe my wife and I go out for dinner or we go somewhere, and you see couples literally on their phone in the conversation. And I'm like, oh, this is, so, I, so I'm thinking, are they 
chatting with each other. Or, or the, but please, please put your phone down. Get to know the person. Because when, if you get married and you're not the right person, when the drama starts, that phone would, would eventually have to be dropped because you now have to face the reality of a relationship of someone who you don't really know. So get to know the person beyond who they are. On um, And why I say so is that We've rea I've, well, like I said, I, I'm a technology person. So people create personas based on technology. So if someone on their chat history, I, you know, it could be a different person when you talk to them one on one. I don't know whether you guys have experienced that. You know, there's some people on Twitter when I when I see their picture, I'm like, really, this is the guy? You know, but yeah, it's 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 they have you know, people have realized that people have pseudo personalities online. So you want to drop the phone and find, get to meet the person one on one and get to know that person a bit better. All right, thank you very much. So we'll take questions. Do you want to come up for the questions? I don't know if there are any questions though, but the idea was that it was meant to be interactive, so in case you have any specific questions. Come now, why are you now shy? Okay. Um, just before I ask my question, all of you that have six packs, start working on your amusement packs. <laughs> because you're talking about it. Okay, so I wanted to ask, is it right? Um, I know someone, a girl went to meet him and she told him that the Lord said she, um, he, was, he was her husband. So um, that's... And, I know it was for me sincere heart, really. Like I know, like uh, this person might not have been lying. But when he spoke with some other people, be like, like, no, this is wrong, and also person is in a mess right now. He's, he's confused. Then um, again, you are in a relationship. You talked about spec, um, your spec, yeah. And that person is not. There's this thing that is missing. You want to get a Toyota. Well, it's an American spec, but this, there's something missing in it. And you're trying to tell the person that, look, your brakes are not working very well. And the person is not getting it. Is it wrong to back out? Or you wait, and the person is like, oh, that, don't worry, that, I'm not used to this. Let me learn. Is it okay to wait to learn or move on? Okay, so for the first one about God saying, it is very easy when you are attracted to someone for God to speak. You understand, all right? And so uh, if, you, if, if you're already attracted to someone and PI comes up to say, tell your neighbor that you love them. Instantly, God, you gave me a sign. Do you understand, all right? The thing with God said is that God is not man and he does not lie. And more often than not, when God speaks, yeah, he would speak to more than one witness. Yeah? He says, once have I spoken. Precisely. So we can't isolate it where one person says, God said. God will confirm his word. All right? And it's been so bastardized that I actually do not believe that it's something that we need to put in the front burner any longer. All right? Let God speak into the heart of everyone. 
Or if you are in a relationship and the relationship is headed somewhere and then you hear, do you understand? That's different. But without being in a relationship and God speaks to one party alone, it's a bit dicey. It's not because he can't say and show you, right? And so when my husband and I were dating, I recall that I had a dream, but I didn't see his face. But every other thing checked out, but I didn't see his face. Three plus years after we met, he was the one who had the conviction that I was his wife. Are you there? And then in hindsight, I recalled the dream that I had three plus years before that I had written down. God is not a liar. All right? Yeah. Second question is the break and the speck. Okay, so look at me very well. And today I'm going to... Should I tell them? I shouldn't tell them. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what it is. So the thing is, my husband had a picture of the sort of person that he wanted to marry or the sort of people that he was attracted to. I'm sure he's like, this girl will not let it rest. So when I looked at everyone that he'd told me he'd liked, when I look at their picture very well, there's nothing that we have in common. They were often tall. Okay, that's actually the only one. Light-skinned, long legs, Please look at me well, Lou. Good. <laughs> and they had a particular hairstyle. But guess what? And this is why we're talking about your content. So my husband did say to me when we had this conversation, he said, because his father passed about three months before we met. And he was very close to his dad. And so he was yearning for a companion. And when he met me, one of the things that he said resonated with him was that finding that companion. He was beyond that hairstyle and that light skin. And so I still tease him every now and again, you know, about long legs and light skin. But I am super confident that if a long-legged person walked in and a light-skinned woman came to tantalize him, what it is that he has now got, right, is really what his 45-year-old self now wants. Am I making sense? What his 22-year-old self had seen or imagined that it wanted is not what it is that his future required. Am I making sense? That's it. And so when you, it's, you have your specifications all right, okay? Um, I don't think I'm half bad. Bad all right, but not, you know, terribly bad. And so some things would tick, but are they the important things? And we're having this conversation so that we can shift focus a bit. Are you there? Please. I mean, just to add to what she said, and I mean, for the record, I never said I like light skinned long hair people. <laughs> it was in a conversation, it was it's quoted out of context. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll let it pass. But, you know, I read somewhere that my, you know, marrying a, a someone for their looks is like buying a house for the paint, you know, because 
like you know over time the you know things would uh, eventually the house would dif but you know if you have a solid house you know whatever is on the exterior but as men though we are very visual people okay so and i've realized over time that men will have spec whether they eventually marry them or not it, it now you know but like i said for me you know whatever <laughs> but that's that's the reality though men you know, would have some preference. And I, I don't know what it's based on, whether it's sometimes people say it's from their mom, sometimes they say it's maybe from a young crush that turned they really like when they were young. But the reality is that men would have certain kind of preferences, you know, which you probably gravitate towards. But, you know, like for me and my wife, when, you know, when I met my wife, every other spec, I just even think spec at all. It was, you know, I was like, who is this person? And what I noticed about her most, wasn't even her looks, it was courage that she had, which she carried herself in. And then she was very beautiful at the time as well. So it was, it was it's very beautiful. So see, that's, that's how you get in trouble with women. It's, it's, you can't win. Anyway, so yes. So please, physical appearance is beautiful, but you know, like um, he said as well, content you would appreciate more over time. Any other question? South Sudan. Sorry, hi. Okay, uh, hi. So I have a question concerning. Um, okay, so in my family, I have cousins who really had a bad experience of the marriage of their parents. Um, it and I know that this sort of thing has the possibility or the potential to spoil or damage one's. Um, how do I say? Perception of marriage. Thank you. Now, what do, what would you advise they do? Because I know it's it's been going on for years. As in, they watched the maltreatment of their mother, you know, by their father. It got to a point where when they all finished from university, she just left the house. That sort of thing. So I know definitely for the guys, it's like, okay, is it is this what marriage is? I don't want. And they have an only girl. So, like, okay, is this what marriage is to maybe? As it has the possibility to say, okay, you know, forget it. I'm not, I'm not getting married. So, what do you do in such a situation? Um, this is, I suppose, this is why we had the conversation on where you are, where you are standing. You know, we all know where we're standing, and we all know um, where um, what we want, what we would have liked to see. Um, I don't believe that there's an extremely perfect marriage, all right? Because we are not all, there's no one person who is perfect. But understanding that if I came, for instance, from, like you said, um, a, an emotionally abusive background, all right? What I am watching out for because, you know, we tend to gravitate towards the things that we know. So as much as in our heads we don't like what happened, we tend to feel a sense of attraction, for the lack of a better word, right? Or familiarity, that's the word. Abuse, verbal abuse, someone putting you down, cursing you out, is familiar, right? And sometimes being with someone who doesn't have those character traits, right, can seem like a farce. 
haven't understood that, I'll expect anyone in that position to read up, pray up, right? And familiarize themselves, right? And find themselves in, in wholesome environments. When a person has reached the age of 20, 21, okay? Especially when you're born again and you know that marriage is a good thing. Okay? You may not necessarily have experienced it as being good. You know you're scarred and part of you is damaged. That is the healing, right? That is when, when, when it's time for God to touch you. That is the area where we need touch. When we also say that you need to be whole yourself, right? In order to find another whole person. It is this becoming, this wholeness, right? That has to do with repairing those things that are damaged, bringing it before God Almighty. Because half the time we may not even know, necessarily know the areas that have been damaged. Are you there? Yeah. But I believe that in praying about it, in reading about it, in understanding where the deficiency is, God will complete the person. Add to that, I also have cousins that are going through the same thing. And um, I mean, a couple of, they're still not married because their parents had. And I think also for us um, that are planning, obviously, that relationship, we should understand the impact our relationship will have on our kids. It's very important that we don't set that wrong example. But, you know, um, in that same situation, and, so, and this, our children, that their parents are also Christians. So it's just very difficult for them to see. Um, I think, like Togba said, is that initial connecting to God first. That's the only thing that can, I think that can really get you to that point where you can now decide and say, okay, look, let me give you a chance. You know, there's this story about identical twins who their father was a drunk and used to abuse them and beat them up. And one of them started drinking as well while the other one became very successful. And then they asked the one that became successful, what is, the, and they asked both of them the question and said, well, I mean, then both said, you know, I became a drunk because my father was a drunk. The other one said, I, I became successful, did not drink because my father was a drunk. So it was the same reason. And, um, oh, questions, okay, all right. So it was the same reason, the same thing happened to both of them, but you just had to just take it up. And, you know, I, I pray that your family find healing and they, they can go on to, to, to have, um, you know, love relationships. Quick one. I also remember when, just before my husband and I got married, I wouldn't forget the evening where we were very vulnerable and... It was for the first time, I, I think I, I cried my eyes out and I said the things that I didn't like from seeing, I mean, part of, some of the things that I didn't like in my family. And he said his. And we made a promise to each other then that we're not going to repeat those things. Many times we hide from our significant others. All right? And so they don't even know the struggle that you're going through and how to help you. When we're naked and we're not ashamed is when we can come out and come up with all the things that bother us. All right? And I, I think he knows the things that can hurt me and protects our family from it. I know the things that can potentially hurt him as well. Okay, let, let me ask this question. So he says here that... Um, um, is a 10 to 12 year age gap a good thing in the marriage? People say when women 
marry older marry men that are older it is for their own insecurity or is out of their own insecurity um, the second question says that when you meet someone and you go out on dates and you're getting to know the person then they ask you to meet their family but after that they ghost on you what does that mean everyone says that men become overwhelmed so they just run away from the situation for a time being does this mean anything i, I think the second me one means that your, your mother-in-law doesn't like you <laughs> that that's a big issue the lord but i let talk my answer the um the first but the second one sometimes i think when particularly if after meeting the family the man ghosts somebody on the family side does not like you or there's just some beef and i know you know men are meant to be you know uh, but if he really liked you i mean that shouldn't you know matter when my mom first met my wife she didn't like her they were not but now they're best of friends so you know for a man who is like i said who is convinced that you are his wife it doesn't matter who likes you or who doesn't like you you know once he has like once he has made up his mind and is determined so maybe that man wasn't the man for you you know if after meeting his wife he disappears or he ghosts i don't know what that means <laughs> okay so um talk about in the 12 is the 12 year age gap a good thing in marriage i don't see what's wrong with the 12 year age gap quite sincerely um some people say that those who tend to look for older men may have daddy issues and want nurturing all right um but that's one school of thought and for whoever it is that asks this question i would like you to think are you looking for a father figure in your husband right but just put that at the back of your mind and ensure that it is not because you're looking for a daddy is why you're with this person just add to that you know age is a number you know so you can be i met i know 40 a lot of 40 year olds that act 20 and a lot of 25 year olds that act 30 so it's so the fact that the man is older does not mean that you you know he's mature it doesn't doesn't really follow so the age is not really does is not an indication to maturity in um, this day and age so all right last question i last we have to oh okay go ahead Yes, yeah, so I wanted to ask, do people first make up their mind about, I'm convinced this is the person, and then it, as you grow, is it possible that the desires or the type of person you then require changes? Because I, I, um, I may be wrong, but I noticed that within our millennial age, that's what we now, it seems that our, our need or want changes with whatever you know, we feel it is now. So I have a friend who dated someone for a while and back then, you know, the guy just had one shoe and, and I'm not beefing or anything, but he wasn't there, right? And she was always assisting and helping and praying with him, you know, and then God was faithful and started giving, pouring out some blessings. He was getting, you know, um, invites to preach and stuff. And then by the time he could rent a house, afford a car, and buy some nice designer pairs, he suddenly just felt like when he's praying, she's supposed to be on her knees also, right? Not sitting down and praying, kabashing. And he just felt she wasn't his peck anymore, right? She wasn't fit enough for the new, you know, position, right? And my question is, um, I, and I understand what he was saying around when you're not sure that the person is because but then is it is it fair to 
go into, shouldn't the man sit down and be matured enough to know what he truly wants before engaging somebody else's child's emotions and investment, right? Before just... All right, let me, let me answer on behalf of the men. <laughs> and, and, you know, anytime you start a sentence we shouldn't before a man, you know, there, there's just, you know, you've, you've made a wide assumption. And, that's, and, and sometimes maybe men go into that process. A lot of times we don't, we don't know how much hurt we've, we've caused. And I've realized that sometimes we don't actually, you know. And why I always believe that, like I met my wife, I didn't have anything. I was driving the 505 car, you know. I always believe that, I, you know, I... I Oh, I didn't have, it was my dad's car. It was my car. Oh, no. Maybe we should tell you. It didn't, the fuel gauge was not working. And so when he takes me out, the, car, the petrol finishes and I have to push. That happened twice. But it happened. Anyway. Okay, so some, some, some you know, um, so I, I, I've lost what I was saying. Okay, so sometimes we, we don't fully appreciate, you know. I always believe in that story of meeting a guy. I think when men are now successful, they become more complex and harder. You might so if you meet a guy that is already, like someone said, has a net worth and already has that one, you you have your sort of your work cut out for you. But like I said, as women as well, you know, if you are on your own game, you're doing your own thing. Because when I say about purpose, finding your own positioning and purpose, God is blessing you too. So you know, you don't need necessarily need to depend on the man for anything. So he sees you as well that okay, look, you are improving yourself. You're not where you both started from, you know. You're not also just waiting for him to make all the money and come back and spend it on you. You are also, you know, getting on your own, you're, doing, you're on your own grind, you're getting your own money, you're, you're also improving yourself career-wise, work-wise, personality-wise, you know. Men appreciate that. They appreciate self-improvement. They appreciate women that, okay, taking the care that, you know, so it's not after you marry now, it's rap every day, you're tired. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that happens, but you know, but it's just that I'm, <laughs> no, but making the effort, you have, you need to keep that, you know, keep the guy engaged, interested, you know, yeah, and and still keep it like you're dating as much as even after the marriage is, you know. But um, for ladies in particular, like I said, you know, it's for a lot of guys, sadly, you know, like I said, they don't realize the impact. So he doesn't see it as he's wasted the girl's time. As far as you, the book is concerned, we both had a nice time. We're both dating and we both kind of, um, he doesn't see it. And yeah, so we both went, you know, we, we, whatever I spent, maybe we spent some of the money. We all went, we, we had good outings. It was fun while it lasted, in short, you know. So, but as far as he's concerned, he hasn't, you know, he doesn't see it in time continuum like a woman would think oh he's wasted my time and I have to start from scratch but I believe that everything is for a reason and a lesson you know maybe when you've, if you've gone through that kind of experience you just like Tokwe said you now have something in your hindsight and you know that okay look these are the criteria you're looking for you know going further you know any, any other questions okay can I ask my own question from here oh Ladies first. Should I ask my own first? <laughs> As a gentleman, you can go ahead. Okay. So my question is, how do you handle it when uh, maybe someone you're seeing has a lot of friends in the opposite sex? So whether it's a guy, they have a lot of female friends, or it's a girl and she has a lot of 
male friends? How do you deal with that? Is that something you have to deal with or do they have to maybe stop or slow down on these other relationships? Okay, so let me maybe I should answer from my perspective. So eventually I don't have any female friends anymore. <laughs> They've all left. But no, but um, it now depends a lot on the guy or on the girl. You now, the person who has the friends need to ensure you manage that relationship. You know, there's, I've, I've, I know I've spoken to one or two girls that say, oh, that I think even Oinkon says sometimes that she gets on better with guys than with girls. You know, I always like, really, you know, but there's some girls like that that have a lot of guy friends. And then, but the thing is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, they're not going to fit your your requirements 100%. But you need to you need to know what are the things that are important to you that you can let go. If you are the very jealous type, then that guy might be, or the, or the guy or the girl might be a challenge for you. Because if he's always hanging around somebody, you know, other than you, you know, you always feel insecure in that relationship, you know. So that might not necessarily work for you. But like I said, any person that really cares about you as a person that they want to marry, who is willing to sacrifice any friendship, in my opinion, you know. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I do not believe that um, your significant other, even when you're dating, should have to compete with your other friendships. You know, it's one of two things. So like when he said he doesn't have any friends anymore, because I suppose once he, once we're in an avenue where I get to meet them, they become my friends. And half the time I can't remember, I don't remember that I met them through him. All right? Are your friends willing to become my friends? And vice versa. A healthy relationship your partner, your friends should respect um, the fact that you're dating someone, all right? Um, and so if your friends are discourteous towards the person that you're dating by not acknowledging them, then they are disrespecting you as a person. Okay. Um, my question is, uh, first, how long does it supposed to take for somebody that? Just experience heartbroken to start a new relationship. Somebody asked me to ask a question. <laughs> second one, second question is that I realize that in Africa, the kind of marriage is always level meet level, which means the level of my money or education would surely meet the other person. And eventually, you guys met, and the parents decided, okay, this person does not suit the kind of a family that so my question is how what are you going to say or what are you going to tell the guy or the lady who is meeting this guy who seems that their level is higher than the other person so what are you going to say about it two questions okay so the the first question was heartbreak and i guess that's going to differ from individual person but you know heartbreak can be very painful. Um, anybody that's gone through it, it's a, you know, it, it can lead to depression. It can lead to any any other thing. So what they say, and what, not what they say though, what the advice is that, you know, obviously following a heartbreak, your next relationship, you need to be very careful. My take with after a heartbreak is to go back to God first. Try and get yourself whole again before you go into a relationship again, because you know there's always that tendency for rebound or what they call it but i think it's important you let's go back to creator and say okay andrew like topper said again hindsight where did i go wrong what what didn't i see what are the signs that would be obvious because 
when you're outside the relationship, you see a lot of signs that you probably should have noticed. You know, like everybody was ah, we knew that. You find that a lot of people around you knew that that was going to happen before you did because you were in it, so you didn't see it at the time. So you now try to say, okay, you know, maybe tell your best friend next time, please tell me, or, you know, but it's important that you take stock and you, 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 you go back to God for healing before you move again. But that healing would depend on the person. But in terms of the different class level, you know, I mean, I married my wife, you know, so I, 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 I sort of punched above my way, you know, a bit. It's, it's hard. Um, it's not hard, but it's, it's a bit more complicated. But like any good thing, like I said, is worth fighting for. If the girl really likes you, you like the person, nothing can stop you, in my opinion. You know, whether it's um, whatever level it is, you know, the parents have to accept you. They don't have it. They don't mind the parents. You know, like Pastor Godman would say, you know, we would try and carry the parents along as far as we can. You know, try and be, we'll try and be do the polite thing. So, okay, we'll come. And, but if it gets to the point where they're now being disruptive, then, you know, we'll probably have to take it up from there. But that'll be based on the situation basis. So having talked about class, I actually think that it's really important, in spite of how you feel, to understand the class. All right? So I'm going to paint you a scenario of a very close friend of mine who's always lived in Ikoi and um, got married to somebody who'd lived on the mainland all his life. And, you know, for a lot of people, you'd say it's so trivial, right? But... It was not even in question to live on the mainland. Am I making sense? Yeah. It was not even a thought that crossed her mind. Now, even Lecky, so before they got married, she'd call me to say, talk, but he's looking at houses in Lecky. And, you know, I lived on the mainland all my life. Lecky was aspirational. But for somebody who's lived in Ikoi all her life, Oh my goodness, Lecky looked like you are taking her to Bariga. Do you get my point? And so what he didn't take stock of was the person, aside the person, everything this person has been accustomed to. So they eventually did get the house in Lecky and she had no choice but to move to Lecky. But then I get a call. So when my husband and I got married, we got married, our first generator was, I better pass my neighbor. All right? You guys may not know it. Okay, thank God. But that was the first generator where you put some petrol and you put some water, right? But when they... Uh, oil, sorry. Oil, oil, oil. So when they got married, I mean, after they moved house, the guy said, let's get an inverter. And... My friend called me, Tobe, inverter. She'd never not slept in air conditioning. And you may say, spoiled brat. I've known this person all my life. She's not spoiled. But this is her norm. This is her normal. All right? So I tease her often. In her home, the big generator is on as soon as Nepa takes light whether it is afternoon, whether it is morning, whether it is, and then you want to take her to wear a fan. Yeah. Somebody else will hear this and say, what nonsense. But you really need to take stock of who it is that you are marrying. And I don't want to then begin to get into business class or no economy class. 
Alright? But then, if you love this person, these are conversations that you need to have with this person. Are you alright? Because in her head, it is a downgrade. Are you really open to this downgrade? Because the issues that ruin a relationship are no more than the small things. Yeah. So when all this lovey-dovey-dovey-dovey dissipates, that's when we begin to remember, eh, he bought me Chicken Republic. I'm used to going to, I don't know where. All right? So, um, Martins, please just remember that when you're thinking class, just take stock of where she's coming from and everything that she's used to and ask the relevant questions. Thank you. So, any more questions? What, last, is that last question? Sorry for we we don't keep people this late. I hope you guys don't mind. Is it okay? Yeah, you guys are okay. So I just want to be sure. Okay. Good evening. Um, so I want to ask, how did you handle um your relationship? You said your wife was very busy, because I'm actually dating somebody and he's very busy, and <laughs> and he suggests that I come over to his house, and for me. I've had bad experience, like I've escaped rape, you know, going over to somebody's house I trusted. So I am not comfortable with going over to his house to spend the night. Yeah, so how do I manage that? And um, there's somebody lurking around the corner. This person doesn't even want me to come to his house. He's a brother, like, so like, <laughs> I, need, I need your advice. Thank you. Busy. To be honest, busy is good. Busy keeps you away from from distractions. Busy keeps you away from stuff. Yeah. All right. So busy is good. And add. So I'm, this is how I'm going to start. You be busy too. All right. You get busy. Now, when you do get busy, um, and you know your boundaries and part of the boundaries would be it's not even an option sleeping over when you mean something to someone the person will create the time in a dating relationship how you know you mean something is the sacrifice of time so when my husband and I were dating it's easy in Unilag to say that you went to somebody's room. There are no lectures past six o'clock. All right? And so he's free. But when we're on holiday, and I used to live in Ajao Estate, and now remember the traffic of Oshodi, it meant a lot to have someone come through that traffic. He'd started work. All right? And so he'd finish work in VI. Come to Third Mainland Bridge and you can't get to my house too late. Get through Oshodi traffic, you understand? And maximum, maybe you spend 20 minutes. That's it. How many... How you know you are important? How many... You're, it's not even in doubt if the person is cheating. Because how many people does he want to... You go to Magodo today. You go to... Am I making sense to you? 
Yeah. I need us to, this is why sometimes technology and social media isn't healthy for relationships. Because you have had a conversation with someone via social media, when he's in meetings, when he's doing so many other things, right? And you think, you have the illusion in your mind that the person has spent time with you, right? The person hasn't spent time with you. Time is when we sit down face to face. Let him create that time for you. All right? That's the proof of your importance. However, you said brother is lurking around. And I want to speak to that. Is brother busy? But brother is busy. All right? Because sometimes you may think somebody cares about you when they're out of work, for instance. Sorry? He's busy, but he still creates the time. Then that's fantastic. All right? And so maybe you need to, not even maybe, you actually need to go meet God. All right? Or have a heart-to-heart conversation with the person that you're dating. All right? Ask him how much value it is, how valuable you are to him, and permit him to make the decision if he can sacrifice time for you. All right? to ask my dad what age is fine to start dating like no listen listen to start dating for marriage not for fun like for actual like marriage I want to get married (laughs) so the person said she wants to ask her dad when the appropriate age for dating is 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 PI around I, I, I need someone to back me up here. Let me conference PI and Pastor Godman. I think 25, 26 is... Uh... Uh-huh. Where did I... <laughs> no, okay. Um, we actually had this conversation in our house, my wife and I. And what we said within us... <laughs> okay, what we said within us was that from 18, 19, you can start dating. Um, you know, but obviously not to marry until after you finish your university degree. But I, I think that's that's where we stand. But that's you're not 18 yet, so. And after that, you know that 18, you meet the person the next day. is 18, and we like two years to meet the person. Then so we are looking like 20, 21. Shall we? <laughs> Praise God. Shall we pray? I want us to talk to God this night. There's nothing like talking about love, life, and involving God in it. And I need you to remember the disciples that were in the boat and they had toiled all night. And they had caught nothing all night. But the moment Jesus appeared, the Bible actually says that 
they did not know if you go read it it says they did not know that it was Jesus so you have been coming to church you work in a department Jesus has been around you but you did not know that you could bring him into your relationship and then Jesus said cast your nets to the right and some people want to remove Jesus from their relationships what do you know Jesus is 2019 what did Jesus know about fishing but he said cast your net to the right I want us to pray tonight that father instruct me instruct me I'm inviting you into my boat, Lord. Inviting you into my heart. Inviting you into my relationship. Instruct me. Instruct me. Let me see the things that I need to see. Every hurt that I have felt. Every abuse from my past. As I open my mouth to pray, I break the hold. Every bearing that my past has in my present and in my future, I break it in the name of Jesus. Was it something that your father and your mother said to you? Was it something that a boyfriend or a girlfriend said to you that has been haunting you? In the name of Jesus, we're praying today. That the Lord Almighty would erase every pain of the past in the name of Jesus. As we hand our love lives to God. The one who trades beauty for ashes. Lord, I want to experience love in a special way. I want to do love your way. Bless me with the experience of love. The one who would love me and everything about me. Let us meet. Let us do God together. Let us experience you together. Let us worship you together. Lord you are the one who takes us there because this is your design handle our hearts Lord whatever it is that my heart is yearning for that is not of you Father silence in the name of Jesus every sexual proclivity that I have is it masturbation is it pornography? Lord, I'm bringing it before you. I'm bringing everything about me to you. You know when I get those urges, Lord. Visit me at those times. Strengthen me at those times. Distract me at those times. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We bless you because your word will not depart from our lips.
thy word have we as a church hid in our hearts that we will not sin or depart from you. As we hear your word, Father, renew us from inside out. Thank you, Lord, for the entrance of your word brings light and it brings understanding. Beyond this room, Lord, to our homes, to our workplaces, you continue to expand your word on relationships because you are spirit and you are truth. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.